You are now about to witness wrestling knowledge at its finest. Sideline Junkies proudly presents the People's Choice, Don Rodriguez, the big guy, KG. They are the WrestleManiacs. It's Saturday night. Well, you ready to go hot with this one? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Let's do it. Oh, okay. I mean, shoot. Well, we live. We real. It's Saturday night. You know what that means. I mean, I ain't got to say much. You know who we are. It's the people's choice. The Don. Here, live, in the fresh, ready to make it happen. So pumped up that I was about to interrupt your intro. My bad, dog. Well, hey, I ain't got no problem with that. You know you do it better than me anyway. Let's go. Oh, no, 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 no. You know you got that handle, especially since the D-O-double-G is all up on Monday Night Raw the past couple weeks. So I know you've been pumped about that. Oh, my goodness. I'm I'm loving it. And I know for a fact, only thing that was missing was saying Mr. Ass come right out behind him. I know it was rough when he uh, went ahead and won half of the tag team champions. Like, oh, <laughs> it'd be a great time for some DX, but I guess we wouldn't need Jeff Jarrett if uh, that was happening. True indeed. True indeed. Well, so, it's been exactly. a busy week. Yes. Yes, it has. On the AEW front, we're on the road to WrestleMania. XFL is – Ramping up, doing his thing. I mean, every time you turn around, man, it's, it's a lot happening. And the WWE is assessing itself in the event that, heaven forbid, Vince McMahon isn't around forever. Or then now and forever. So <laughs> it's been pretty, pretty, pretty crazy, uh, to say the least. So uh, I say if nothing else, man, we might as well just jump into it and go around the universe and uh, start taking a look at Monday Night Raw or pretty much the Becky Lynch show. Hmm. Hardcore Becky man. Lynch show, man. Coming out, you know, Stephanie McMahon's already in the ring. Well, was about to call out the Bexter. Bex comes out on her own doing her thing, and one thing led to another. Becky's like, I'm good. Stephanie's like, you need to see a doctor. Becky's like, I'm going to punch you in the mouth. Then she punched her in the mouth, and all hell broke loose. And it's like, okay, well, I guess that's how we're going to play this then. (laughs) It it was shocking, to say the least. But the reason why I say shocking, because Stephanie isn't a slouch. She's a former women's champion. I don't give a damn how you figure out how she won it, but she's still a former women's champion. And she held the title for quite some time. So uh yeah. I'm 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 I was shocked that she actually attacked Stephanie like that. But then on top of attacking Stephanie, Stephanie Coward. I've never seen Stephanie Coward. I've seen Stephanie with a mean bitch slap. And that's what I, that's what I expected. Well, you gotta remember, that's the first time in who knows how long that we've seen a baby face Steph. She wasn't, you know, doing anything out of the ordinary with Becky Lynch. She wasn't pushing the envelope. She was just stating the obvious that for everybody else, even though they were booing Stephanie, is legitimate business. If you are not medically cleared, 
you can't perform. Ask uh, Alexa Bliss. Mm-hmm. But because it's Becky Lynch and it's white hot, that wasn't set well with the WWE universe. So no matter what happened, Becky is just, you know, she's old faithful, just waiting to erupt at this point. That's literally what she is. And every show she gets on, you get that that huge eruption, that huge pop without question. Um, and it was just waiting to boil over again. And they just started letting her erupt in the beginning of the show. Then they actually gave her uh, a little bit more action when she had the, inter- the interaction with Ronda Rousey. And Ronda actually had a pretty short but succinct um promo that she cut on Becky talking about how unprofessional she was and everything. So I'm like, okay, you know, that, that was, that was a double spot right there for Becky Lynch, but I do have to say this. And the reason why I brought up that backstage message uh, about Ronda Rousey is in my opinion, and we'll see if you agree or disagree. Uh, the reason why the, we'll just call it the authority is taking this approach is because of, Ronda Rousey's inability, unfortunately, to overcome the hype of Becky Lynch enough to put butts in the seats. So they had they can't go to Paul Heyman because, <laughs> you know, Ronda's not a Heyman girl. So they had to pull out the big guns of Triple H, Stephanie, and I'm quite sure next week it'll be Shane, Triple H, Stephanie, and maybe the week after that it'll culminate with Vince. But uh, they had to pull out the big guns, in my opinion, to be the mouthpiece for Ronda and build it up to a level that's going to make people wonder and want to see what's going to happen. But that's my take on it. What do you think? (laughs) I agree with you wholeheartedly because we talked about it maybe a week or two ago about Becky having that advocate such as a Paul Heyman and Paul Heyman building a stable and not just having Brock Lesnar, but he has a stable where he speaks for all of his clients. So she doesn't have that. So, Hey, have her go up against your triple H and your Steph. And I, if the accumulation, the, the culmination, I should say is Vince McMahon. I would love to see how that exchange goes. Mm-hmm. Now, I am curious, though, because I was just thinking about this uh, a few moments ago before we went white hot on the mothership. I was comparing the ability of Ronda Rousey, because, you know, we've been talking about this four horsewomen thing and this feud that's been looming. Mm -hmm. But the ability of Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler. And Shayna's got the squad. Of her, Shafir, and Duke. But Baszler's promos are more heel believable than Rhonda's general promos. So I was wondering, like, I wonder when Ronda Rousey goes heel, because it's only a matter of time of when, because she can't be the, the face in that match. She can't be the face versus Becky Lynch. There's no way that the, Becky Lynch is her, her I'm going to even call it her level of heat uh, in reference to how white hot she is right now. She is like stratospheric 
um, is so big that Becky is instant face. There's nothing that could happen, you know, that would make Becky a heel. So Ronda's got to play the heel role. But daggone Shayna Baszler on NXT is a better talker right now. So I wonder if Ronda goes heel, will she have better promos? Or is if Baszler comes up, is Ronda going to be in the background of the Four Horse Women and Baszler is the mouthpiece? Well, if everything's going to go the way that is said to go to, you know, that they're, they're planning for, when Baszler comes up, there will be no Ronda. Ronda will be sort of getting ready to fade into the background for a little while to take her time off. So there will be no need for Ronda at all. Oh, yeah, but she's got to have a – they can't just like, okay, you lost, you dropped the belt, and you're rolling out. I mean, we're talking, you know, maybe superstar shakeup or something that she may be tapping out. So there's got to be a quote-unquote injury somewhere that's going to happen that's going to put Ronda on the shelf. But the only thing is – Ronda's trying to have a kid that's nine months plus five. You know, that's that's a good amount of time to be away. Plus the act, how many months is it going to take to get to the nine months of pregnancy? Mm-hmm. So, you know, she could be out for a year to two years. Is that, that is true? And it's kind of hard to say because it's, it's also kind of messed up in a way to think about, it, but is that a smart move? But she, she would be out of in ring action. That don't that wouldn't stop her from being on the road and traveling. Yeah, but she has to. That's her thing. I mean, she's Ronda Rousey. She has to be in the ring. What else would you want to see her do that would have the same equal effect? She's a big big name star. Uh, well, I would say manager, but that wouldn't that wouldn't work either because she's still in harm's way. Jeez. Yeah, and that's the only sucky part of the women's revolution and evolution and just women's wrestling in general. And this is, you know, as a father wanting their his daughters to be in professional wrestling, <laughs> mm-hmm. is that you have to make that decision of family or no family because if you have family early, it's kind of beneficial you could go ahead and make it happen. But if you were, you know, waiting later in life, you're running out of time. Like, you know, the hearts in professional wrestling, that is at this moment, the last one to the best of my knowledge. So her, her time is ticking on if her and TJ are going to have any children to continue the heart dynasty. If not, that is where we're going to end it. And who else is, you know, I'm quite sure there's some other hard kids that, that, could be coming up up there in Calgary and and uh, surrounding the area, but really, there's nobody that I've heard of that is is transitioning downward to make their way into WWE if they want to let them do that at all. Going to WWE opposed to other places, but you know, there's, there's no new hard dynasty. Well, you got uh, Davy Boy Smith's son, David. Where, where's he? Uh, I know he he is in England wrestling, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. That's what I thought. Yeah. He, I didn't think he was in the U.S. yet. But, I mean, he could, he could also go to NXT UK. But, you know, it's just rough because the men kind of have it a little bit easier. They can just knock somebody up 
uh, just to put it crazy and bluntly, and then go be away for 300 days out the year and then just come back and, and jump back into it. It's not a good life to live. You know, yeah. I know the WWE has better life balance, uh, but at the same time, I mean, it's a little bit easier on the guys. But with Ronda, we're talking, let's just be honest, it could be about two years. Will she come back with the same level of intensity and impact two years from now? Because the landscape will be changed then. Even for Becky Lynch, the landscape will be changed because all the NXT people that are coming up, you know, Becky is white hot, but there's some people creeping up that she can't handle. Yeah. And as far as uh, David Hart Smith, <laughs> that he's actually in New Japan. Yeah, so he's he's getting this international chops, which is good. But, yeah, um, and he, he, going by the British Bulldog Junior. I think he should drop the Junior, just be Bulldog. But I mean, over there, I mean, you know, it's that they're more nostalgic in in that. But uh, you know, he's going to be the Bulldog. He's be the Bulldog. He can he can take it. I mean, it's, it's it's a family thing. Just like, you know, Charlotte could be the Nature Woman if she wanted to. Yeah, uh, true. Or, na- or Nature Girl or whatever. Or that the man. Cool. <laughs> Technically, but hey, she she missed that mark. That's shame on her for not uh, taking that and running with her whole dad's gimmick in her own way, outside it, of the robes. She's uh she's made a name for herself. Oh yeah, she's, she's separate, but still the horsemen or horsewomen need to be lead, led by Flair. Period. In my opinion, <laughs> has to be. That's the only way the world to be right. Mm-hmm. Because if it's not, then unfortunately Charlotte's going to lose position. But we still did have Ronda go up against Liv Morgan, which, I mean, I'm just going to call it a beatdown. That was a mauling on Ronda's behalf. And then she ended up calling out Sarah Logan, who actually gave a little bit more of a physical battle. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the arm bar is the arm bar is the arm bar. And she was actually applying it with some actual oomph and and, and – and force, so it was really believable. Um, and then uh, Ruby Riot didn't want a piece of that. <laughs> but then again, at uh, EC Elimination Chamber, she's going to get an opportunity to get a piece of that, which is going to be interesting because, you know, it's like, what, where are we going to go from that match? Because I expect Becky Lynch to do a run-in or Charlotte to do a run-in because we know, I mean, I like Ruby Riot, but yeah, uh, Ronda Rodgers is probably going to crush that. Unless they beat her down early in the backstage. And then Ronda has to come out and, you know, she's she's playing from behind. And then she's got to try to win. Then I can see that match being pretty believable. But then we also had a little bit of tag team action, which is kind of interesting. Because I think we talked about the revival last week, potentially uh, putting in their request to leave. But now they had the fatal four-team way between Heavy Machinery, Lucha House Party, B-Team, and the Revival. And the Revival actually came out on top on that one. So now they have uh, a title match opportunity. So it's going to be interesting to see if they're leaving, they shouldn't be getting a title shot. 
but uh, if they get a title shot, then they may have worked out an opportunity to take the championships on the raw side from the glorious ones, which I don't know. I'm still trying to warm up to the revival. The only good spot, you know, is, is I see the spine buster and it makes me happy. But I don't know. I just, I just don't feel them. I guess is, is the best way I can put it. I don't know. What, what do you think, KG? I mean, uh, have they grown I, on you at all? A little, but not much. But I agree with you. It's not. They don't. I'm not gonna say wow me because that 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 was that would be a. Uh, that would be very wrong of me to say. Right, and that, that's how I feel about it. You know. Like I want, maybe it's just me wanting them to be uh, Arn and and Oli or Arn and, and Tully in that fashion. But then yeah. at the same time, seeing Bobby Roode tag it with anybody but Cowboy James Storm is insulting to me too. No <laughs> offense to Chad Gable, but I want beer money. I'm sorry. How long have I been calling for it? I'm, I, just to see. I mean, it, it's possible. You can throw enough money, get him out of his contract, get him over to WWE, put Big Money back together, who was one of the best tag teams in the industry while they I were agree. with TNA. I agree. So, and you know, those guys know each other. They had been friends for, what, 10 years by the time they got there? Mm-hmm. So, but the revival, I, I, I like what they're able to do, but it's just they got a long way to really grow on me. But, I mean, yeah. I, it's nothing against it. They're not bad wrestlers. They're very good. Yeah. I but just don't just, feel the characters, maybe. That's right. the best way to put it. I don't feel the characters. But you know you know who I haven't seen much of since they lost the titles? Who's that? AOP. <laughs> well, could I need to drop Drake Maverick? So my you Lisa ha- Bliss thing is, is out the window, so she can't be managing. So, I don't know, maybe Paige can manage AOP when she comes back. But Drake Maverick, I'm sorry. I'm but you sorry. know that you haven't seen him. Well, yeah. I think it was uh, Razor was on SmackDown for that uh, brief stint um, in the backstage area. No, I'm sorry, it was, it was Raw. Uh, on the backstage area when uh, they were doing an interview. There was an interview happening, so that was just a, a quick one, but that was about it. I don't know. But, yeah, AOP needs something. I mean, I don't want them to see them lose their their stride because they were doing phenomenal on NXT. Yes. They weren't yeah. too bad on uh, on Raw either. I mean, when I saw them wrestle, I, I don't want to be blasphemous when I say this, but I saw flashes of the Road Warriors. Because, yeah, the house, you know, they looked like they were working stiff, but they were they were they looked like they could beat the hell out of you. Yeah, and it's not just because they had Paul Ellering. It was just how they came off and how they were actually doing the work. Right. You got these two behemoths <laughs> for wrestlers that, you know, are able to dole out a lot of pain. They can sell. You know, they they wouldn't no-sell everybody, but they could mm-hmm. sell what they were doing. And, you know, they could sell which, whatever moves you put. But in the end, yeah, you you know, you knew pl- facing – the road wars, you were gonna you're gonna wind up in the doomsday device and it's over. Oh yeah. And with AOP, you knew pretty pretty soon you were gonna wind up 
one, two, three, shoulders down. That's it. And they were going to beat mm-hmm. you clean. Yeah, and that super collider, you know, I would not want to be involved in that yeah. <laughs> at all. You, but I am warming up on a flip side, though, uh, of revival to heavy machinery. Yes. Yes. I, you know what? I was going to say the same thing. I, heavy machinery, boy. Uh, <laughs> I, I got a hope in myself that I can still, even though I'm a little bit taller, I can gain weight. And uh, what's what's the, I can't I can't think of his name. Help me out. That's the short one, right? Yeah. Five foot ten, three hundred. How much pound? How many pounds? Well, I don't know. It's just all muscle. It's not even you no, know about gaining weight. That fool is muscle. That's a muscle neck. That's muscle arms. That's muscle legs. It's like Otis. He's a big dude. Yeah. Solid. As as Jim Ross would say, that's a hoss right there. <laughs> I enjoy. Watching them wrestle, and yeah, it's just they're they're fresh, they're new, and they work very very well together. Mm-hmm. It's no way in four hills that you're not going to see them before the end of this year holding up tag team straps at some point. I'll probably say in SmackDown, I can see them uh, superstar shake up being on the fifteenth or sixteenth of April going to SmackDown. So I think that'd be a better opportunity for him. But, you know, I just, I'm a huge mark for the Bushwhackers. Huge mark for the Bushwhackers. Um, And they fill that void. So they give these younger kids that feel. And then I was also, like many people, a huge mark for Too Cool and Scotty Too Hotty. Yes. And I would chant out W-O-R-M. When you know it's that time, you see you get the look in that face and, you know, you start doing, which is now the Fortnite dance, <laughs> for excitement. But you see that happening and, you know, the worm is coming. So to, to, to have all of that happen um, is just crazy. Now, the only thing I would say for those two, though, is when they do the spot where they do, where they run together and they, they just squeeze somebody's head in between their stomachs, they just slam it together. I need to see a way for that to happen that's a little bit more or seems a little bit more impactful because it doesn't look like it hurts. I know this mm. sounds crazy, but maybe, I don't know, maybe if they are farther back and they come in and it's almost like a chest bump and then pow, then I, I can see it and I can get it because, yeah, they are, yeah you're, they're ringing the eardrums right there. But when they perform it, that's the only spot I think that is – almost on that S- John Cena STF level, where it's like, are you really selling this? Because I don't believe you in this right now. <laughs> you know, Let's turn the page and somebody else in about five minutes is putting on an STF or a crossface, and it looks like it hurt. John Cena, I don't know. It looks like you should be taking a nap. I mean, all you got is just, you know, forearm right there. You just lay on it because there's no pressure. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. No offense, John Cena. Your shirt's hanging up in my room. Appreciate you throwing it to me. Uh, <laughs> then we had uh, what seemed like it was going to be a retirement speech, but then it was a transition into a match with uh, uh, Kurt Angle. So I was like, well, are they trying to write Kurt Angle out? Is he done? He's already a Hall of Famer, so it's not like he's tapping out to go into the Hall of Fame. But they're still pushing uh, the Baron Corbin angle. They're still pushing the Drew McIntyre. 
It's still throwing in the Braun Strowman. So they're still sprinkling that stuff in for what? You know, why why are we going there to make it the main event? What does that have to do with Angle and and his retirement or not retirement? So I don't know. It it, it was a fun little moment. Um, because you know, Kurt Angle went from, oh my gosh, you know, father time is to let me whoop your ass, Baron Corbin. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. So I was kind of confused as to what the payoff was going to be, especially with that being the main event, what was happening, or what they setting up for. But we did have um, Becky and Sasha Banks versus Alicia Fox and Nikki Cross. What do you think about that match? That was an interesting, interesting match, to say the least, with Cross and uh, Foxy teaming up. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't expect that. And that that that's two different personalities on one team, but I knew Sasha and Bailey was gonna come out on top because they work well together. Yeah. And I one thing my my, my wife always says it when Bailey comes out, she's she says, Please don't say it. Please don't say it. But I'm like, that's Bailey. She's a hugger. <laughs> <laughs> I, Bailey I, needs to go heal. She's like, a, she could, she could go heel and be on that Daniel Bryan level. I'm telling you. Th- that's the problem. You can't. I mean, I never. But no, no. Let me say you can't because I never thought you could believe Daniel Bryan is a heel because he's such a fan favorite. And yeah. Bailey, she interacts with the kids in the crowd, and her as a heel, I, I think that'll be on the line. The 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 level of Hogan turning heel, The Rock turning heel, uh, even Stone Cold turning heel. Uh. Wow. But Stone Cold really heal though. <laughs> he was so over. It didn't matter. It, 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 it didn't matter what happened. He was still Stone Cold. You just want to see somebody get the stunner. Well, that's true. I can't I can't say. Same same thing with the rock. It's like, was he really heal? Because you didn't care about him talking bad about you. He didn't care about him talking trash. You just wanted to know, you wanted to hear him say, is this sing along with the rock? <laughs> you know, you just wanted to mark out to that moment. You wanted to, when he said, know your role, Jabroni, you know, he was talking to the fans. He didn't care. He just wanted to hear him say it. This is like, is that really a heel? Or are you well, just that over? Who cares? When he stopped being a people's champion, he became the corporate champ. I count that as his heel run. Oh, gosh. But in that in that essence of that heel run, he had three, three WWE championships. Mm-hmm. So, and, and how many times did he do a quadruple somersault over top of a car? Through an airplane, down the aisle of a wedding, land, sell for a stunner. <laughs> <laughs> WrestleMania 15, we'll never forget it. Watched it live, and I was like, wow. Like, what the heck? Stone Cold, I think you really did kill him. The Rock is all over the ring. He looked like Kofi Kingston at the Rumble spinning around. It's like, <laughs> my God, my God, Stone Cold. I'm like, oh, man. But, but it made those moments memorable because exactly. Rock was just ping. And oh uh, my gosh, my brother-in-law told me this. This is maybe about a year or so ago. He said, "Did you know that him and Stone Cold would bet cases of beer if he could sell it better than the last time?" <laughs> and I said, "I wouldn't doubt that." He said, "Stone Cold said it on this podcast." But not only that, he said that was his first favorite person to give the stunner to because of how he sold it. Mm-hmm. I but you can't only other person that took a stunner better than the rock 
I don't know if anybody took it better. Jeez, I can't even name nobody that actually. Oh, there's, took a, it. there's one person. There's one person that beat The Rock. Who might that be? One person, and rightfully so, because when he took the stunner for the first time, he was going allegedly, at least looked like he was in convulsions. And that's Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Remember that stunner. I mean, he took it stiff. So he just folded and laid down, but he was shaking like, you know, oh, my God, somebody's like, you know, he's having heart palpitations. Who knows what's going on? But Vince may go down today off that stutter. That is, <laughs> in my opinion, the biggest stunner sell over the rock. And that, that's a big statement right there, because if you go back and watch it, Vince just like, oh, you know, like, oh, my gosh, I think you can kill Vince McMahon. <laughs> You know Jim what? Ross calling it like Vince was like 90 when he took that stunner. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to hit the boss. He's an old man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> he deserved it. Hey, how many, how many places can you go and you can actually say, you know what? I gave my boss a stunner. And he didn't fire me. Well, one of them was ESPN Zone for a good while. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. Which, if you played a division, uh, well, I'm sorry, correction, division two, especially right now, since the beta is going on, I have stood in front of ESPN Zone Washington, D.C., or at least where it used to be, and just marveled at how messed up that whole street looks on, what was that, uh, uh, 12th and F or, or 12th Street and something? Uh, 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 what was that, uh, 11th oh, and E? Yeah, 11th and E, there you go. Uh, three seven seven six. So yeah, that was uh, it's it's a surreal moment, and DC is spot on. I, I stood in front of the FBI building, and I'm I'm waiting to get to Adams Morgan and, and and Georgetown and some of those other areas, but it is legit DC. So for all my DMV folks, uh, if you want to run around your neighborhood for the most part and see some deer, which is a little weird, and your home base of operations is the wild. Get the vision too when it comes out in March. There you go. Just had to throw that in there. And speaking what? of throwing something in, we were just talking about selling. Do you feel like the super kick is losing its luster since everybody has a super kick? Yes. 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 God, yes. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't the only one because I was watching. Smackdown and like Machka kicking. I love Rusev, but still it's like, well, there's a super kick. We already know the young bugs got their thing. And we know the Usos got the super kicks. But people are taking super kicks and matches are still going on, opposed to sweet shit music ended it. And that was it. Yeah. You know, maybe you caught two if you're the Undertaker, Kane, um, the Rock, Stone Cold. It may take two to put you down. But fifteen in a match. Yeah. You know, we starting to get over excessive. And I think it was um, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts in an interview that said that the art of the sell for some of these moves is going away. You mm -hmm. know, he had one move. He put you in it. He looked around. The crowd was popping. And he smacked you on the back. And you took that DDT. Done. One, two, three. And, you know, something that's really, really wild. He took what is now considered a run-of-the-mill in the middle of the match move in the DDT mm -hmm. and had it as a finisher. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, See, let, let's take it a step farther be, before you finish, because I'm going to give you a second one to, to talk about, and then I'll let you go into it. Perfect Plex. Once you flip Jeez. over, you in it, you can't get out. One, two, yeah. three. Now people perfect plexing and kick it out. Yes. Now you can go ahead. I just wanted to throw both throw that one in there with your DDT uh, rant. Go ahead, man. Uh, you know what? <laughs> but we can sit and make a we can sit down on one entire show and make a list of moves that were once finishers, but now just running the mill like nobody ever kicked out of the DDT. You kick out of DDT now. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember uh, uh, Mankind, Mick Foley, whatever you want to call him, Dude Love, Cactus Jack, he had a double arm DDT, and the way he did it, it was so compact and smooth, but that was his finisher. Other than the mandible, that was his secondary finisher to the mandible claw. And it was that double arm DDT, and it was straight down, roll you over, one, two, three, done. Mm-hmm. Nobody kicked out of that. Now, you get a DDT, you know, it's the middle of the match, oh, two, you're kicking out. Uh, the rude awakening was nothing but a neck breaker, mm-hmm. and that was it. You kick out of a neck breaker in a heartbeat. I mean, you sell it and then you sit right back up. Ah, oh, man, the list goes on and on. But as far as the super kick goes, I'm tired of everybody having a super kick. Like you don't understand. Sweet chin music ended a career. It ended an era. Mm-hmm. Sweet chin music ended Ric Flair's in-ring career on TV. I'm using air quotations here. On TV. He And matter of fact, has he wrestled again oh, since well, that match? Oh, yeah. Well, he has, yeah. Well, he went to TNA and, Did, and had his actually, run. Oh, I didn't know he actually wrestled in TNA. I thought he was just yeah. like... No, no, he... He did a couple matches. Okay. Um, it wasn't consistent, but he did have a couple matches, and then he was majority on air personality. Okay. But, yeah, he, he did a couple. So but, he was retired, but not really at that instance. Now, the super kick ended. Now, Ric Flair wrestled up until that point my whole entire life. And that ended in error. Mm-hmm. But now, super kick, you, you're catching, you know, okay, I'm going for the pin. I just super kicked him. One, two, oh, he kicks out. What do you mean he kicked out? <laughs> just like the, the 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 big boot from whether it was uh, Kane, Big Show, Tess, Hogan. Uh, Hogan. <laughs> well, you know, Hogan, <laughs> you, you knew at a certain point you had Hogan in the sleeper hold and that arm goes up, drops down, goes up, drops down, goes up, up, halfway. And all of a sudden, he breaks out of it. You hit him. He's walking around. He's hawking up. You hit him again. Then it's you. Yep. <laughs> then you knew what was getting ready to happen. You knew it was over then. You knew it was throw you into the rope, big boot, point down, leg drop, over. But we all knew it was coming. But the thing was, that basicness of the big boot, and a leg drop. You didn't kick out of those two. That was it. You knew your end was near. Mm-hmm. Something like a sleeper hole, a bear hug. Basic moves that used to be finishes are nothing now. And yeah. I guess the, the 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 super kick, sweet chin music, whatever you want to call it, it is gone by the wayside now as a finisher. Yeah. I just. Uh, or maybe it's just us 
being well, you being old. <laughs> Did you just throw me under the bus? <laughs> and and remembering those times, but I, I think some moves should be still. And, and you know how Vince likes to say, "You can't say this on TV. This is a banned statement, or you have to say something this way, or you have to be referred to for the longest time. You have to be a superstar." Um, over a wrestler, you know, the certain things that they couldn't could not say from the announcing side of things. But I think certain moves should be on that list that if you perform it, it has to be sold and it has to keep what it is. In a high profile match, you know, we're talking, you know, for the, the, the championship of Finn Balor versus uh, Seth Rollins, if, you know, it's, it's a sellable DDT, you know, you, you can have that be um, uh, at least a couple second delay into the kick out or something, you know, you could build it up to where it made it look like the impact was equal to an F five. Mm-hmm. But then there could be other moves that, you know what? Yeah, whatever. But if you hit that DDT and it looks like a Jake, the snake Roberts DDT, that's a finisher period. But now think about this. Think back to Royal rumble, which was what? 13 days ago. ago. Yeah. Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar. Finn was in so much control of this match. Brock's already got the hurt mid- midsection. Finn hits the coup de gras and Brock kicks out. How? That with the hurt midsection, I don't care if Brock came back and ended his uh, absence on Raw and wrestled for the first time in what, 12 years? And won the title back, but he should have lost that title at Royal Rumble to Finn Balor because Finn dominated that, hit the coup de gras, did everything that he was supposed to do, and Brock pretty much told him, no, sir, I'm not going down like that. I will not go quietly into the night. Here, take this F5 and take these suplexes. Yeah, but I look at that as, you know, on the other side of the coin, a little bit better storytelling because it's David versus Goliath. One coup de gras, that's what I'm saying. One coup de gras wouldn't be the thing that would take down Goliath. It would hurt, but Goliath would need about three or four. You know what I mean? Right. At least from Finn Balor. Yeah, because, you know, now Finn is not an awesomely huge dude. But he's still stomping the hell on you. Yeah. He putting everything on you. Oh, yeah. Brock would have to take two rock bottoms, maybe three, before he's put down. Just because he's he's a you know a larger than life superhero character, right? But now, old. The, the, the reason why I say that is because it used to be if you worked a certain part of the body, like if your finisher was the figure four, and you worked that knee, the the, the thigh, all of that, you worked all of that throughout the match. You know, the clips from behind. Stomping the knee to Charlie Horse to thigh, um, just anything that you're working at one body part, and then your finisher targets that body part, that should be an automatic tap out. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, when once Finn got the midsection, he started working the midsection. You know, the coup de gras comes in the midsection. Now, granted, Brock is built like a, a, a oak tree. Even with the extra weight, but he's built like an oak tree. 
But with a hurt midsection, you got a 190-pound guy jumping from the top rope feet first into that hurt midsection. Yeah, if that didn't knock the wind out of you and take something out of you that you couldn't kick out, that's basically telling me that Brock is just like pretty much unbeatable. Yeah. Well, somebody's got to take it from him. But it, it always has to be, in my opinion, somebody believable. Seth Rollins, is, is he the guy? No. Uh, no. Bobby Lashley. I agree. And, and it, it could be building up to that. I mean, they, well, Leo Rush has dropped that seed a couple times to be planted out in the WWE universe that that's what they want. But, I mean, I think it would be entertaining. Leo Rush versus Paul Heyman would mm-hmm. really be the, the matchup that you would want to see. Indeed. And that would be a great tag match made by the McMahons. You know, just just, just the craziness of that, that uh, Paul Heyman would have to take his suit jacket off and have a match with Brock Lesnar and actually get tagged in. You know, I, I would give some some validity to Leo Rush, even though he's an athlete and, and, you know, in my opinion, should be cruiserweight champion. But that would make Leo Rush look larger than life. And, and he's being a superhero-esque type of character as well. But, yeah, I would say Bobby Lashley and probably on a return run, Roman Reigns. Right. Because he, he would have that, that good push uh, coming out of the box, uh, knock on wood, when he returns sometime soon. And past that is uh, not really anybody size-wise that's believable. There's some characters that are believable. Like, I'm not going to lie to you, Tommaso Ciampa. Because he's just heel enough. You know, it's like Brock is, is a destroyer, but Ciampa is sadistic. That could be just a couple different weeks of just chopping down a tree with a kendo stick and a kneecap out of nowhere. And eventually you just keep wearing that down and wearing that down and wearing that down. And in the match, once you go for it, you wear it down. Like you said, that isolation of a limb. And then that's how you uh, drop the giant because you spent four weeks chopping it down. Mm -hmm. But, you know, speaking of chopping down, because we got to get back to what happened in the universe. I, I, I wanted to hurry up so that way we could get to your favorite part of Monday Night Raw, Jeff Jarrett <laughs> versus your boy Elias, who I still don't understand why they're heel turning him when Jarrett's not going to be running a program for a long period of time. I like face Elias because I think he was able to interact with the crowd in a, in a more profound way. Yeah. Versus, you know, the shortness of it. And then... You know, he just—I don't know. I, I liked him as a face. He could go either way. He does great, but I—I I was enjoying what was happening with that. And we all know what WWE stands for. Walk with William? No, walk with <laughs> Elias. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I just—I I don't know. Like we said to start it off, uh, you got Road Dog back, but it seems 
if you know your wrestling history, especially WWF slash E, you know that Road Dog was Jeff Jarrett's roadie when he was the country music superstar. He was the one doing the singing. Jeff Jarrett was lip syncing and all that. Understandable. But seeing the Road Dog out there without Billy Gunn, it's like having a jelly sandwich. You ain't going to see Billy Gunn no time soon. No, sir. Agent at AEW. Yes, sir. Now, it's a way you can see him, but I don't. It's Talk not. Gonna, it. It's not going to happen. And that's what we've talked about since AEW made their announcement, which we talked about this last year. And when I say last year, I mean last month or month before last. Um, AEW, MCW, um, Ring of Honor, New Japan doing a distribution deal where they keep all they doing is putting their distribution out on the WWE network. So you have all your wrestling in one spot. You don't have to go and search for wrestling, talk to Vince, do everything you need to do, get a distribution deal. You keep your profits. We all pay in the same amount to keep this going and keep everything running. We're all paying in the same amount, but you could do it like the NFL and do revenue sharing. We, 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 we got a deal. We split it four ways so we all can function. Nobody's ever losing money. Mm-hmm. But now, you know for a fact, WWE is the big dog. They're the parent. You know, you're the little kids, but you're the little kids that have a say-so. When we all come to the table with a deal, you learn from Vince, and then pretty soon, once you get to your point where you can step out on your own, it's no hard feelings. It's what it's meant to do, to put you on a pedestal, not to be a rival, but kind of sort of what TNA and New Japan was, where you're swapping talent back and forth that are invading and showing up and dominating. And then oh, you're like, damn, what do, what do they wrestle at? Oh, they wrestling AEW. Let me go check this out. It's, excuse me, turning you on to something different. Mm-hmm. That way you can have talent from WWE's pool, uh, New Japan, MCW, Ring of Honor, and everybody's sprinkled in everybody's pool every once in a while. Not overly saturated, but a sprinkle here and there. You got a pay-per-view for uh, AEW. You know, end of the month is always, always. WWE time. We're not scheduling a pay-per-view to go head-to-head with WWE. We'll go the week before. Mm -hmm. Ring of Honor goes the week before that. Nobody's going head-to-head, but everybody's trying to do the same thing because we're all in this business. To get famous, make money, and entertain. Mm -hmm. Keep it like that. You keep those Mm -hmm. lines of communications open. That's how it could happen. Yep, I agree. And you know what? Here's the funny thing. I would pay $19.99 for that you and me both i i i I ask you not yep and for those that are skeptical let's reference back several years when a certain streaming service was a you pick uh a movie and have it mailed to you you watch it and you send it back and in the same little envelope dun 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 netflix now Netflix is huge and all of these things are streaming through Netflix from all different types of genres 
Yep. So it's not just, okay, we only do uh, a CD-based server. That's done, but everything is folding into it, and they are still producing their own content, WWE, but yet they are still having other content come in to justify the raising of their price from eight ninety nine a month to now I think uh it just hit me with eleven ninety five soon to be fourteen or fifteen dollars um for the next price change but it's well worth it uh, I don't know now that uh well the the marvel shows have kind of dipped out well hold so. on well now i got i got something for now i got something that i got and 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 Q ready to watch later on tonight, and that's what is. Uh, let me get the official name of it, so I'm so I know I'm right. It's a a documentary on my man Sam Cook. Okay, it's the two killings of Sam Cook, a hmm. Sam Cook story. I cannot wait to see that. I am a huge Sam Cook fan, thanks to my grandmother, Miss Essie Carroll. I love that woman. That is my best friend. I miss her dearly. But she set me on a path when it comes to music. Whew. And okay. Sam Cook started it. So I, I got to watch that. And I've always been fascinated with the case of Sam Cook. I could do a whole show on that at another time about how things just weren't really quite right with his death. But uh, that's another show for another time. But hey, hit me on Twitter. I'll tell you all about it. There you go. There's a nice little callback. Speaking of callbacks, Moment of Bliss aired this week. And I guess the the, the funny trend is that she never gets to have a show without an interruption. So her guest was EC3, who I'm assuming their promotion style for him is you don't say anything until you have to. So Nia Jax came out. And <laughs> she did her thing. Dean Ambrose came out, which I thought he was going to talk about Renee, but he was basically saying, hey, I know you have a crush on me, but please don't come after me. What? And, and then he looks at EC3 is like, who is this? <laughs> like, oh, man, which led to EC3 versus uh, Dean Ambrose in a match that uh, EC3 actually won. Good. So it's kind of. It's kind of interesting to see if they're having Dean finish out his time just being a setup man for other people. But then also, there's heavy word that there has been promotion and booking for Nia Jax versus Dean Ambrose mm. in a intergender match. So that is booked, and it happens. That could be his WrestleMania swan song. And I think that would be actually entertaining on a level of Jeff Jarrett versus China. Indeed. But uh, Dane Ambrose, I understand he's married to Renee Young. Beautiful woman. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. But if I know Nia Jax got a crush on me, I'm not going to tell her don't come after me. Oh, God. I may not say it publicly, but I'm going to let her know. I got a crush on you too. Oh God! Here's my number. So call me, maybe. Oh God! Oh God! Let's talk about SmackDown Live because I know we got some bills to pay. 
So we're going to talk about some Call Me Maybe, <sighs> a.k.a. What the heck was Charlotte doing coming out there, really egging on, trying to make her a case, so to speak, for getting into the match with Ronda because Becky is possibly seriously injured. But then we had Trips come out, and he really started selling for Ronda Rousey harder than Ronda could, which led to Becky getting smacked. Oh, well, I'm sorry, the Triple H smacking Becky. And them having the the the, the nose versus nose face off, <laughs> which uh, Becky cracked first and started smiling because the, the crowd was just losing their mind, and uh, she just walked away, and Triple H couldn't do anything. It just it just happened. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens next week because they said the McMahon family is calling for Becky to be on Raw. So I don't know if that is Vince, Stephanie, and Trips, or if it's just going to be Triple H, Stephanie, and Shane, or it could be all of them. But uh, it is very interesting to see how they're going to continue to run this medical angle. And Trips was saying that more so that Becky was afraid of success and looking for a way out so that way she doesn't have to suffer the loss to Ronda Rousey. So this could all be a great setup for when she wins to be the send-off for Ronda because Ronda takes the loss, a.k.a. how Ronda kind of dipped out on the UFC when she took that L. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It, 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 that's the fun time about WrestleMania season is I'll be thinking one thing, and sometimes they surprise me, and they run a swerve, and it's like, oh, I didn't think about that angle. Then other times I'm like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> so, I mean, it's still a great opening segment. A lot of fun. Way better than, unfortunately, the match that followed after because, I don't know, I was hoping it'd be just become an all-out brawl when we had Rusev and Nakamura who beat Gallows and Anderson. I just I, I I don't like this team of Nakamura and Rusev. I was hoping Rusev would have knocked out Nakamura because like how you going tag with I don't gotta say in the first tag or the concept of the tag because you got a mutual beef. But your wife is still walking around in a brace because of that fool, and you haven't dealt with that yet. So while Nakamura, I would have helped him up like Rusev did, and then knocked him out. Yeah. And then, all right, now we can tag because you deserve that. You can't be like, oh yeah, we're heels, and now we're going to be together, and Lana's still hobbling. Right, and it's because of this clown. Right. That so you know that's some code. That's some code to this. <laughs> husband code. You can't. You can't. You can't be violating husband code. You know what? I think Rusev's sleeping on the sofa right now. Nah, I doubt that. Oh, it's, it's, it's Lana Day. Trust me. He's putting that work in. Because <laughs> Lord knows I'd be putting that. Yeah, okay. Uh, 
Speaking of Usos. Wait, time out, time out. No, no, you will not. You will not. You will This is your chance to gush. Go for it. Uh, no, sir. I'm speaking about the Usos. I'm speaking about that, that penitentiary promo. <laughs> and what a promo it was. I think, in my opinion, if the Usos do not beat Shane and uh Miz, there is something wrong. The Usos promo wise are putting in work to the point to where they're selling it on a hardcore level that's just spot on. It's like, yeah. The only way, in my opinion, that Shane and Miz would win the match is if Shane pulls rank. And I'm talking Usos about to win. Nah dog. This is a no DQ match. Uso's about to win. Nah, dog. It's a lumberjack match. Uso's about to win. Nah, dog. Because I am not only in the match, I am also the referee. Then I could see them spawning that into a rematch scenario. Or actually, correction, Mrs. Dad is the referee. Because Lord knows, if my kids get in uh, to WWE at some point, they, they know you had better have Dad in the angle at some point to where I'm going through a table, I'm taking a chair shot, I'm getting a stunner, I will sell, I'll, I will look at Shane right in the face. Yeah, you know I'm going to take that bump, right? I just <laughs> want to let you know. It's like, well, how we know you're going to take it right? Trust and believe I'm selling the hell out of that. I don't care what it is. It's like, well, we just wanted to send, throw you in a trash dumpster and have you go off the side. All right, then, just let me know what a blood packet is. I got this, y'all. <laughs> I'm in. You know, I don't care. I'll sign whatever waiver you want. You don't even got to pay me. I just want to be there. As long as my kid gets over, that's all that matters to me. I'll get that on the comeback. Hey. May Young me. That's all I'm saying. May Young me. <laughs> so, we'll, we'll see how that goes. So, Mrs. Dad, hopefully he's going to be taking a bump. That's all I'm saying. And maybe getting rid of mullet. But, uh... <laughs> Speaking of bumps, I know, I know, I know you saw the shiner that RKO put on Mustafa Ali on SmackDown. I know you saw that picture. Oh, it's not even a it's not even a black eye. His eye was swole. He couldn't even open it. He was he was Rocky Balboa. Cut me, big. Cut me. I can do it, big. Just cut me, big. Cut me. Woo. But to his credit, he took the bump. Randy Orton looked like, hey, man, it was, you know, my bad. Nia Jax isn't the only one. Um, and then Ali came back to still do the honors and put in some work at the main event. So that, that shows a top-notch athlete that he is, playing with the big boys, so to speak, coming from 205 Live to still take a stomp to the face which thankfully he didn't have any orbital socket breaks or anything like that, and then still do that. But it was a great match. I was not expecting it. So I was like, Mustafa Ali and Randy Orton, eh, whatever. The RKO off of the pull down from the top rope was sick. Like, oh, snap. That is the first time I've ever saw that happen. And I'm like, okay, I like this. They could have a rematch, and I would definitely want to see that. That was serious. That was on that um, 
Andrade, Cien Almas, Rey Mysterio level of mm-hmm. great match that they had on uh, SmackDown. And that's been a long time since Randy Orton's had a great match like that. So that was a great pairing and great booking on that. I'm trying to figure out when, what are they going to do with Mr. Randy K. Orton? Because it's like he's just floating in the water. And I, I believe uh, he's on a rise, man. I yeah. See it. But he's I, not getting the world championship. And why not? He's on a rise. Why not? Because, you know he can carry. Because, yeah, but there is a beast on SmackDown. And I, I stand corrected. Let me roll back the, the clock. Hit the rewind button. Yes, there is somebody else that I see that can uh, – hey, you should be applauding the rewind. Um, voiceover work, by the way. I love it. But <laughs> this, there is one extra person that can beat Brock Lesnar, and that is the man of the hour for SmackDown Live and hopefully Raw next week, Samoa Joe. Woo! Finally, my man just come down and choke out you. Oh, you heal? You getting the two? Oh, oh wait, what? You getting choked out too? Don't really care who it is. Like Joe, if you don't go out there and put in that work, what? We getting nation of violence again? It's close. What? I smell it. And then he still, when Rowan came out with Daniel Bryan or the new Daniel Bryan, he looked at Rowan and still bucked at him. I said, I'm just checking. I'm just checking. <laughs> like, yes, Joe. Yes. Yes. Man. I had to stand up on that, dude. Because I'm like, oh, man. I thought Dean Ambrose had the stone cold in him. But Samoa Joe, he could take that belt. I, I thought I was the only one that, you know, I, I've I've begged for this Samoa Joe. I begged for Samoa Joe to emerge and just stomp a mud hole in WWE and walk the some bitch dry. Mm-hmm. And he has the ability to do it. Now time's kind of sort of getting short because Joe's not as young as he, he used to be. Remember, before he made his stop in WWE, there was NXT, there was TNA, there was Ring of Honor. And he had some battles in Ring of Honor with the new Daniel Bryan, with CM Punk. He had battles. So, you know, he ain't no spring chicken. But it's about time that he starts taking over SmackDown and then possibly going to Raw. Oh, yeah. Running the show. He's one of my picks for Raw. He's one of my picks to go to Raw. Do you think I, I think if they they went submissions only, which would be it would favor him over Brock. But I, I don't got Brock Lesnar beat. I don't have Brock Lesnar beating him up in a straight shoot fight. So I don't got him. If it's scripted, I didn't got him beating him. And that's See, just me being real. Yeah. It here's the thing with Samoa Joe. It's hard, even when Paul Heyman had to do it before. When they, they first met not too long ago, it was hard for Heyman to sell uh, against Samoa Joe. He had to reach for some stuff 
on pulling the, the Samoan heritage angle and you being a black sheep of Samoa and all this stuff. But he couldn't, like Roman Reigns, you can't beat Brock Lesnar. Like, heck no. He's like, when Samoa Joe walks out, that swagger, which Becky Lynch is starting to pick up, is serious. You know, the music is hardcore. It's like people are saying Joe's going to kill you. <laughs> I mean, you hit, I mean, like, oh, snap, this dude is really, all he got is a towel around his neck. Yeah, you're going to get hurt. What does that remind you of? Who does that remind you of, I say? Me? Well, I mean, other than you. John Cena? No. (laughs) It was KG. The original bad man, baddest man on the planet. No, man. No. You, it, it, no. Come on now. Mike you Tyson, trying to make that comparison? Mike Tyson could actually beat you before you're trying you're to say to... that? Yes. Are you trying to say that? Because that's a big statement right there. Yes, it is. Because Samoa, Samoa Joe will beat you before he gets in the ring. I know if you were gonna if you was really trying to go there, because all I mean, I don't know if he's listening, but if Don King is listening to our podcast, you know that's going only in America. <laughs> Yeah, but that be the that be the equal uh, logical conclusion of battle of wits between Paul Heyman and Don King. <laughs> but I'm just I'm saying that that that's what it that's what it makes me think of the towel over the head. Even though Tyson would come out, he cut a hole in the towel. He never came out with flashy robes. Mm-mm. He didn't have any boxing socks. He wore black trunks, black shoes. Came out with a white towel to. Uh, whether it was Method Man or DMX, didn't matter. You stood in the ring, you sitting there bouncing back and forth, and he just watched you. Mm-hmm. Then when that bell rang, he pounced on you. Yeah, but think about the symbolism of the white towel, though. That is your method of escape from this asshole you're about to catch. <laughs> oh, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm showing you your exit strategy. I ain't got to do nothing else. If you don't get what this means... Then that's on you. Oh, you don't understand? Well, to to coin a phrase that he should have said, you, you just gonna get these hands, <laughs> <laughs> and then you are gonna be talking to these pigeons like I do. You see what I'm saying? I'm gonna beat you like it's Robin Gibbons. Not oh, too soon. Boom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that that was a dynamite. <laughs> and with that explosion, we just know Samoa Joe just went crazy at the end of SmackDown. And the funny thing was, it's not even a go-home show with him jumping on to choke out Daniel Bryan and then, you know, everybody else just showing up, coming out, AJ Styles coming out. But Samoa Joe did what he needed to do all across the board. And that's how the non-go-home show ended on SmackDown. So I'll say it's a good spot to pay some bills on the back of Samoa Joe because who knows, for those that don't want to go ahead and and – take advantage and listen to our sponsors then Samoa Joe may just show up at your house with a towel and choke you out too yeah I don't want Samoa Joe to hurt me so I'm uh I'm gonna go ahead and listen to these sponsors so uh just continue to listen we're gonna be right back and please Samoa Joe don't kill us (laughs) we'll be right back And right back again like we never left. 
So if we're going to get right back into it, might as well go pillar to post. And this week, this week, we are going to tackle a very sensitive and serious topic. I'll tell you in advance, KG is going to go first with the heel perspective. I'm going to cover the face perspective. And hopefully, we will gain some better understanding. This week's topic is about the almighty, sorry, Bobby Lashley, the almighty Kenny Omega going officially to AEW in person and somehow getting into a nice little brawl with Y2J Chris Jericho. But the fact that he was at the all or nothing uh, pay-per-view rally, we'll just call it that, um, was pretty insane to say the least. But Kenny Omega to AEW is this week's political post topic. Go ahead, KG. You know what? I don't like this move at all. And I'll tell you why I don't like it. Kenny Omega. Good sir. Now, granted, they've uh, made you executive vice president. One of the executive vice presidents of AEW. And you're joining one Chris Jericho, Christopher Daniels, Cody Rhodes, Hangman, Allen, Adam Page, I'm sorry, the one formerly known as Neville, who is Pac, mm-hmm. um, Scorpio Sky, jeez, Brandy Rhodes, Britt Baker, Penelope Ford. Yeah. You're joining a lot of great names, but dude, you could have joined WWE six months, ran and got yourself mainstream. I mean, you're already mainstream, but I'm talking about you got creative control in WWE, took that by storm, and then walked off and went to AEW and took all the fans with you. I mean, it was a way to do it, but, but I understand why you signed with Cody. I knew it was coming anyway. Because when we talked about AEW, we talked about who would sign. We already knew Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho were going to sign. We knew that. But I just had it going a different way. I had, I, I mean, I didn't think that you were actually going to sign so soon. I mean, eventually. But uh, I, I, I don't like it. Because um, <laughs> Kenny Omega is the type of wrestler that you need to see on a Monday Night Raw. He could take he could appear on SmackDown right now and it would blow the roof off of whatever arena they're in. Same thing with a lot of talent that's on AEW, the Young Bucks, uh shoot, the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. He could appear on Raw. And blow the roof off of it. But I just, I don't really care for the signing because I I just, I saw everything going a totally different way. But AEW has signed a true talent. Just because I don't like it don't mean it's not a good signing. And this is not a knock against AEW in any way. I want to see AEW flourish. 
stand on its own too as an independent and do what needs to be done to get uh, streaming and distribution deals done so we can see you on a regular basis because I'm very interested in that. I just didn't see Kenny Omega signing. And I I, I just, I, I don't know. It's not, it, it's, <sighs> I didn't see him signing this soon, put it that way. So go ahead and have at it, brother. I think you just got a big chunk of haterade. Hate, 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 hate. Yeah. I think it's a good idea for him to go AEW on a ground level in the beginning, not just for the ability to have some of the the back office potential, but to set up for him to get a bigger check down the road. Now, the approach I thought about it was Drew McIntyre. You come over, it's like, oh, he's going to be this, he's going to be that. It didn't really out, but when he went to TNA, and he brought a new style, a new flavor to TNA. And then he built his base and then came over to WWE again. He was a lot more impactful. He was a bigger character. Was, you know, he grew his facial hair. He just had a different persona about him. A lot of folks that are well inferred know about Kenny Omega. But there's still a lot of mainstream WWEites in a WWE universe that don't know. So this would be a good opportunity, especially with him rekindling the feud with Y2J, to be able to introduce himself to the U.S. in a way that they can see what he's about, and then they can clamor for him to come to WWE. Now, do I expect him to be in AEW forever and that's where he'll retire? Absolutely not. He will have a stint, because he's still young enough, in WWE within the next five years. Because the thing that I'm still questioning and again it's going to come down to distribution for television is how we're going to see AEW pass all or nothing all or nothing is great but what happens the day after how am I going to see the aftermath of it what is the pay-per-view or what is the show or what is what that's happening after and that's what Kenny Omega is going to help bring to the table and help negotiate with AEW and those that they uh, potentially will be airing AEW since it's not going to be, unfortunately, on the WWE Network like we talked about. So he's a positive influence on giving them leverage to be able to make it happen. So I, I, I think it's a, a great, smart move for his longevity and his positioning. I think he will be in the WWE. I think he'll go into the Hall of Fame. He'll have some high-profile matches with a lot of the great stars that are coming up from NXT. I think Omega versus uh, Velveteen, Omega versus Ricochet, Omega versus Ciampa, Omega versus um, Johnny Gargano, and a slew others just from the NXT side of things. Then we've also could have uh, Rey Mysterio, possibly Randy Orton, um, uh, uh, Finn Balor, which would uh, be a phenomenal callback to the Bullet Club. So it's still a lot of potential that's tied into that, but I think he's doing the right thing or the smart thing to set him up for the next five to ten years. Well, I'm, <laughs> I could see some ways this could work out, but I could see ways. I, I, I don't know that I agree with you 
What's next? After you have a pay-per-view coming up in May. That's in Vegas. What's after that pay-per-view? What what are you gonna do to get me ginned up for this pay-per-view? Then what's after it? So I mean that's mm-hmm. my whole thing. I, I agree with you totally with that. And if they if they lock something down, it can't be like TNA on a network that you have to hunt for, you may not get. Mm-hmm. It may not be a part of your package. online. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting because I mean I don't even know what on. It'd be unprecedented if they produce content and it went straight to Netflix. That will be uh, an epic negotiation because you would actually, in Netflix style, produce a series of content, a month's worth, and upload the month's worth on Netflix. And then the next month, you would have a month's worth on Netflix. So it's like taking it back to the old days of TV uh, where you record it and, you know, you sent the tapes out, but you're giving them the whole entire month's worth so they can watch a month or it'd be kind of interesting though mm-hmm. or they could do it to where it could go to in my opinion they would need the help after game of thrones ends it would air on hbo so it would be a higher tier service that would be purchasing their product but yet it would give that tier something heavy um to negotiate with but those i could see being an option and it would be cool interesting and it'd be a win-win for everybody but i don't know what network it would go on because wwe's now got fox so that family of fox channels is out for aew and you know spike is no longer spike so that's gone that's that's a whole other thing it's like where what network that's major enough to carry would you do it unless it's a major major coup and they end up on TBS. Mm. That would be one of those. What? Or TNT. It said Turner would be turning around all over the place. Like, I know you're not putting that wrestling on that network again. And I'm not getting paid for it. Mm-hmm. But that would be a slap in Vince's face, though. He would take that personal if they ended up on an old school Turner network. That would be crazy. Smart. But you'd have to make sure your product is is tight because you still have a lot of characters that most folks don't know. You know, like Trent Beretta, Chucky T, uh, Sammy, uh, Guevara, uh, one big one I would like to throw out there, especially for the LGBT community to really see this come to fruition. That is not somebody like Billy and Chuck where they're just playing that role or, um, uh, or gold dust. That's just a character, but you know, Sonny Rose is a part of the LGBT community. Uh, Jimmy Havoc, uh, Pentagon Jr. has already got his, his stripe. So we know who he is. Uh, Phoenix, Jungle Boy, Scorpio Sky, you talked about who is this moment. Is the only African-American, uh, Neville or Pac, uh, Max Fieldman, Matt Jackson, uh, uh, Joey uh, Jarella, uh, Frankie Kazarian, who we all know, Cody Rhodes, obviously, uh, 
Christopher Daniels, who we all know, Y2J, Adam Page, the Young Bucks. That's just on the men's side, on the women's side. Um, Nyla Rose, Kylie Ray from uh, Japan, Yuka Sakazaki, uh, sorry. Uh, Aja Kong, Penelope Ford, Britt Baker, and who I can't wait to see uh, in a great storyline, Brandy Rhodes. Um, so it's, it's it's a lot of new talent to most of the WWE universe that they have to establish in a smart way on storyline personality and and really bring it home. But it's all going to come down to what happens after their first show. And it can't be independence and then you don't see it. You can't have all this hype and you don't see it. It has to be visible straight up. Or it could be airing through their own website. That is something feasible as well. But I don't know. I mean, I'm just anxious to really hear about what the, the plans are for distribution of the product past that. Because, you know, I don't want it to be a one-trick pony. We've got all that leverage and everybody's on a Brock Lesnar type contract where, okay, we'll just show up once a month and do the thing. And then you don't have a strong story that you're telling. It was taking a year to get, you know, a, a developed story out to go towards the championships. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we haven't heard about tag teams, um, a middle title like Intercontinental or anything like that or TV or whatever. So there's still some announcements and stuff to come down the pike to be figured out on, uh, you know, who's going to be crowned the first champion, which the belt does look pretty sexy, but you know, we'll see what pans out, but that is your pillar to post segment. Uh, so hopefully if you have some two cents, you are more than welcome to add it in and tell us what you think from uh, a heel, a face or neutral side of the Kenny Omega to AEW is it good for him? Bad for him? Is it should the WWE be worried by him signing, or should they just keep a, a close eye out and just recruit him when the time is right? And then also about the rumors of the fact that they may have sent a feeler of quite a few thousands of dollars, and by quite a few, I mean quite a few hundreds of thousands of dollar option to maybe a Brock Lesnar to come over and sign as well. So now Steve mm. when I, I I I couldn't when you sent me that earlier this week I was shocked. I couldn't respond the way that I wanted to because of my setting. But now I'm in sideline junkie studio satellite studio number three. Woohoo, the mothership. And I'll say this that would be a great thing for the WWE if Brock Lesnar signed with AEW. What? Hit me out. Brock Lesnar goes, signs with AEW. He can't take the belt with him. Number one, it's good for AEW. It's good for both parties. AEW has another headliner that doesn't require a whole lot. And the schedule for right now seems to fit what he needs. Works for WWE because Brock Lesnar doesn't have the hold on the universal title that he has now, where as on 
SmackDown, you know, the SmackDown Championship or or, or the Planets Championship is seen weekly on SmackDown. How often do you see the Universal Championship on Raw? Right. Raw's big championship is the Intercontinental Championship. It's not the Universal title because Brock Lesnar has such a hold, but when anybody else holds that title, they're at every Raw, whether it be for a promo, uh, an in-ring segment, a run-in, whatever. They're there. We see Brock Lesnar maybe once or twice a month. Maybe twice. No more. But he hasn't performed on Raw in 12 years. That is a problem as a fan for me. Because I don't see my champion. So him leaving, defecting, whatever you want to call it, and going to uh, AEW, it's good for AEW because the schedule works for them. It's going to work for him. He could hold their championship and be incognito and, and indisposed for a month. And if they're only having monthly pay-per-views, so be it. That's cool. Then Brock comes back, month, does his thing. All right, pick up my check. All right, see y'all later. Month, all right, just tell me the city. He gone. But it, it restores the luster that is the Universal Championship. And I get that. But here's the other side of the coin. We will also potentially lose Paul Heyman. All if right. Heyman goes there, can you imagine him selling? I mean, he would sell a lot and that would take from the WWE, guaranteed. Well, you know how to prevent that? Make him GM a SmackDown? Sign the damn distribution deal where all <laughs> AEW one hub. Yes. Yeah. And they all work together. So you're, you're going to see Brock Lesnar. Now, it may not be that AEW's on TV right now because they haven't got a TV deal, but you got the WWE Network. And then during SmackDown and Raw, they're plugging away, oh, we got a new episode of AEW showing on Wednesday night. Merlin Championship Wrestling on Thursday night. Ring of Honor on Friday night. New Japan on Saturday night. We'll give you a rest on Sunday because that's our pay-per-view day. But every day of the week, they got something on. Mm -hmm. Whether it be an hour-long show, two hours. Raw being three hours, it's okay. It's not as good as it used to be with three hours. But you can fit a lot in. And sometimes it's it's just kind of sort of filler. But I can dig it. Well, I think they've gotten better now. Yeah. The cadence of the show. Yeah. It's it's a lot more fast-paced. It's smoother. They're just bringing people right out. They're taking advantage of the, the TV commercial dead time. So and then I, that, I, that I, uh, feels better. That double box, where they go to commercial and you can still see the on action. SmackDown? I love yeah, it. Yeah, I like that. I don't I, understand why they don't do that on Raw. I wonder if that's, you know, they're charging more for that mm-hmm. uh, or something. I don't know, but but, uh, I think that that's a that's a great great tool. But think about that now, and I this is one of the times that I hope that somebody from the higher ups of WWE AEW I don't care 
one of you guys are listening so you can understand from a fan standpoint what we mean. You think about it like this. You got all those shows every week. But, and they're being plugged. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the WWE Network is doing pretty good right now, correct? Yep. So, if it's doing good, you can, you offering not only the the <laughs> the archives you're offering new stuff you're offering more outside of WWE you're offering AEW MCW Ring of Honor New Japan I wouldn't mind paying $20 a month for this and I got unlimited access to all of these things so if I miss something I can go back and stream it again but not only that WWE takes and they work and try to shop around AEW, MCW now as far as MCW go they try to work within Maryland and get them some sort of if they came on channel 8 on Saturday nights at 9.30. I think that would be fine. But you can also see it on the WWE Network for those that don't live in Maryland. You know, I'm just saying right. Channel 8, even though that's a news channel, but uh, <laughs> a long, 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 long time ago, before it was a Comcast or Xfinity or a Fios, you had Metrovision, Multivision, and things like that. Before there was a Cox Cable, you had these other cable companies that did things like that. I remember when Cable Box had an A and B side. So every channel had an <laughs> A and B channel. And you would find obscure things on those B side channels. So you take that, you shop these things around and you get the distribution deal. Okay. AEW, we got you set up on um geez, what's a good one? Um I don't even know no channels because I, 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 I don't watch very much cable. Everything I watch is on my phone. But TNT. But you can't, you know, he's not going to get in bed with Ted Turner. Well, I mean, it's not Turner anymore. It's old Tom Warner, but. What, they, well, if that's the case, you get in bed with him and say, hey, we want to show AEW at this time. Then bang, there it is. Then you also got Ion. We want to show New Japan at this time. You buy that slot. Bang. Hell, you can show uh, AEW, New Japan, and Ring. Well, Ring of Honor comes on our ABC affiliate here in D.C. So Ring of Honor is already on TV, but they need a better time slot than what they have at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. Well, going into Sunday. That's a horrible timeline. Like, unless you're a night owl, who's up watching that? Exactly. So you give, and Ring of Honor and New Japan, New Japan, you got to search for it. It comes on TV, but you really got to search for it. You got to set the DVR just in case. And then when you see the red light, you know it's, it's recording something. But the ones that do have the TV deals, this is where WWE will flex their muscle and get them better TV deals. Something that's going to sustain them for a longer period of time. 
and wait, since WWE is leaving USA, how would you feel that 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 void that WWE is left leaving? Well, another, well, only one show is going, and that, that's Raw, right? No, SmackDown. SmackDown is going. I thought okay, so Raw is going to Fox. SmackDown is going to Fox. Yeah. Then fill that void. This is where WWE says, okay, AEW, you need to start. I'm going to put you in our old SmackDown spot. But not all, along with you being, I, I broke it the deal, got you the money. I don't want anything, but I want you to pay in X amount of dollars. We'll get Ring of Honor to pay in the same amount. We'll pay in the same amount. Uh, we'll get New Japan to pay it in. And we all pay for the streaming service and everything is shown on the streaming service. And then we'll divide the profits. I'll take my profit. You guys take your profits. We're all going to make money. Because guess what? When they can't catch you on USA, we're not going to do the whole replay. Now, you remember they used to show Raw in Spanish late Saturday nights. Which was incredible to watch, by the way. I love watching that. (laughs) And you take that and you say, okay, we're not going to do that anymore. You want to see the rerun? Come to the WWE Network. That money right there. Revenue just went up even more. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, geez. <sighs> the blueprint is there. It's all about putting your pride aside and saying, you know what? You're not in competition with me. But I've been in this business. This is WWE talking. I've been in this business long enough. This is what you need to do to get yourself going. If we can do this, we have this streaming service. Let's do that. And guess what? Next thing I know, you're going from 25, 30 views every show to 900 to 1,000 views. Then the next month, from word of mouth, you go from 1,000 views to 3,000 to 5,000. Every month, you're growing with your pay-per-views. Every month. Because not only are you sustaining yourself, but every now and again, I'm sending talent over to you to help. Just a little enhancement. Run a few here for a month or two. Then they disappear. And then we send somebody else from Ring of Honor. You know, something that everybody wants to see. It's not that hard. And then another thing with uh, WWE. Go call Brodus Clay and get him back because y'all had him. Y'all let him go, and you let him go too early. He needs to come back. Well, he's on Fox anyway, so it's not that hard of a phone call now. Exactly. But that's just me rambling on about business dealings, and I understand that it's easier said than done, and I'm just a man that sits behind a computer and a mic that has these dreams of everybody getting along because of one common goal, and that's money. And, and well, two common goals. Entertainment is the second, but the money aspect that can be made is what I'm looking at. Put your pride aside. If Mr. Don Rodriguez has his own wrestling corporation, what? He's in the South. I have my own in the North. In the Midwest, we have Delonte. On the West Coast, we have BJ. In Canada, we have Big Jim. You said Jim to Canada? Yeah, I sent Jim to Canada. (laughs) (laughs) 
But in the, in, in, in the Southwest, my New Mexico's, my Arizona's, that's Junie. But guess what? We all got different distribution deals. But if I get on the phone with a conference call with these guys and I say, look, we're millionaires. But if we do this right, we, we can become billionaires within a year. Are you in? I don't think anybody's going to say no. Especially if I have the, the, the plan, the backup plan and the backup to the backup to make sure we get money. Now, I, I heard this years ago that they were going to go back to territorial wrestling, but that worked because guess what? The big guys, WWE, NWA was all across the country, but WWE was pretty much across the country too. But you've seen guys from WWE go to NWA territories and uh, Jim Crockett and um, uh, what's the other one? Uh, Smoky Mountain. Mm-hmm. You've seen everybody go there and do things, but they were off TV. And Tennessee, that's where the Mr. McMahon character was built in Jerry the King Lawless wrestling. Come on now. <laughs> the, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm 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 going on and on. So let me go ahead no, you, and end it right there. You hype. You yeah. hype. But that's good because uh Book It is all about you. So I got a good one for that. But uh we got one more bill to pay. And then we're going to discuss our superstar or superstars of the week. And then I have a great book it opportunity for Mr. KG. And at some point, send a ticket back down or up to Jim so that way he can fly back to the States. Oh, you know, Jim, he got to win a bago. Oh, okay. You know, okay. Got- my Canadian friends, eh? <laughs> hey. He got the Winnebago. You know, he, he gets around. Uh, <laughs> All right. So we'll be back in a moment. And then after that, Superstar of the Week. And we're back. Ready to rock and roll. Ready to talk about our Superstar or Superstars pick of the week. So I'll go first. Mine's easy. And it's not even Becky Lynch this time, <laughs> even though she was white hot. So she would technically be a shoe in. But there was a boot in and that boot in was Samoa Joe. I'm sorry. Once you start just jumping in to people's matches and slapping them in the Uncle Well and choking them out. I'm so you got my vote. Stamp it. You the man. I haven't got to talk about it that much. You just choked out like five people in the course of one show. Just because, and not a not a a stunner, not an RKO, a quick run in type of knockout. You had to drop down and choke this fool out. That's good enough for me. Samoa Joe, you are my hero. With Mick Foley, thumbs up. You are my hero. Well, I'm done. <laughs> That's it. I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta show love to. A record-breaking superstar this week for my superstar of the week, and that would be the one, the only. The reason why I like to run around and call people slap nuts. Oh goodness! Double J, Jeff Jarrett. It's the reason J-E. why. Double F, J A. <laughs> Finish it, man. 
<laughs> double R. E double T. <laughs> you, when you catch me like that, because it's like you, 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 you you're in my mind. <laughs> I, I think it's a beautiful thing. You can't have a tag team partner that don't know what you're thinking. So I, I love it. But I, that's why I, I, I get all giggly and stuff, man, because I'm like, damn, he on the same page with me. Hey, we're going to start throwing super kicks too, right? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody we gets are. super kick. 50 in a match. Why not? Handing them out like Oprah hand out uh, uh, prizes on our show. You get a car. You get a car. No, you get a super kick. You Pow. get a super kick. Pow. <laughs> but I picked Jeff Jarrett because he broke the record for longest gap between competing and raw matches. Oops. Yeah. Uh, the old record was 16 years, three months, 23 days by Zeb Coulter. The new record, 19 years, four months, eight days by Hall of Famer, Jeff Jarrett. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and Jeff Jarrett has had some pretty good WWE matches. I mean, I, I wasn't a fan of his. I'm not going to say not a fan, but I wasn't a a, a lover of him. When he faced off against China, I knew China was going to beat him. I just knew it. <laughs> I just, I, I knew that. And I'm just, I, I'm happy to see him back. I, I mean, the way he was done over at that other establishment was real dirty. Wait a minute. But, that other establishment? Yeah, that other are, establishment. Are, are, are we going back to not naming stuff? I mean, are we WWE for real? We I can't mean, say I, the name of our rival? I can I can say it. the way he was done over at Impact really rubbed me the wrong way because Impact was pretty dag. I'm sorry, TNA was pretty damn good yeah. when you had the likes of uh, uh, Brother Ray and Devon and 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 Beer Money and 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 the, the main Miles. event. Yes, and AJ Samoa Joe Suicide. You the the Chris main event. Cage. Jesus, it was pretty daggone good when he was running things, and then all of a sudden the ship turned, and one Miss Dixie Carter kind of poked holes into it. And even though I will give the immortal Hulk Hogan credit, he kind of started sticking his fingers in those holes, trying to save it, but ultimately he couldn't do it. Well, he shouldn't have took it away from being a six-sided ring. Well, yeah, that was, that was the first thing. That was yeah. the gimmick. That's what put it on the map. Yeah, you know, to, to make it traditional. I thought that was kind of a, a counterproductive to the identity of it. So that that wasn't. I didn't agree with that. But I was happy Eric Bischoff showed up. Was you know, anytime I get to see Eze, that's a good deal. But yeah, I agree. But then again, you also got a you know, another side of the coin. Be like, well, that's what you get. Because remember that guy named Kurt Angle whose wife you took. <laughs> <laughs> that's and, and that's why Dixie Carter sent Jeff Jarrett home. How can you send the owner of the company home because you're the majority owner? Yeah. Thank but on you, the Dixie. flip side, Vince got the funnier, bigger laugh because Ethan Carter III is now in the WWE saying, yeah, impact is done. So uh, that's just, you know, a crazy tangled web of, of interesting transition as it all went through. But I will tell you somebody that I would love if, if it was ever possible. 
to have him come to WWE or would have or to have spent time at WWE uh, for a longer period of time. But that's the alpha male Monty Brown. I love that character on TNA. The owner of the pounds. <laughs> I just love his promos, but uh, that that was an exciting time. But I know you've been pumped. You was going on and on, and and laying down the foundation of how WWE could do the distribution deal with other uh, independents. Yes. So now it's time for you to really take the floor on this book it segment. And I know we talked about a lot. So there's one area that I purposely did not go too deep into because I wanted you to really flesh out what can really happen with this superstar between now through the elimination chamber and the fast lane into WrestleMania. And that is what in the world are they going to do with Charlotte? Who? Oh my God! Oh Lord Jesus! Mm. Did you just come out of nowhere with that? Well, that's what book it is. You don't know what I'm gonna talk about, but now you do, and now you gotta lay it down. Damn it, buddy! Okay. Whew! All right. How long we got till elimination chamber? What is that? Uh, A week. A week? Really? Next next Sunday. Oh, a week Sunday's... from 30 minutes no. from now. A week from 30 next minutes su- from now. Next Sunday the 17th? Yeah. That's All-Star Weekend. Why would they? Oh, my God. That's not good. That's not good at all. I thought we had two weeks. Jesus. No, sir. No, sir. Oh, man. Well, you're going to have to get Charlotte hot quickly. What's the best way to get Charlotte hot quickly? Take her clothes off. I mean, well, hey. oh, sorry, <laughs> that's it. <I> was, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, oh, my brain, you know, I, my, <laughs> I she already had said that out loud. Like, oh god! All right, continue. Sorry, we're just gonna bypass that. No, she already had, but I Freddy mean, and slip on that one, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately, I mean, uh, I'm talking. Okay, what's today? Saturday going into Sunday. Okay, Monday. Of course, you, you, you're going to get some of the Baxter on Raw. Of course, you're going to get uh, Ronda Rousey on Raw. Okay? Them two, John, back and forth. Stephanie in between them. Charlotte has to come out and clean freaking house. I'm talking get Becky up out of there. Uh, 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 Rhonda tries to go for the arm bar and she gets put down like it's nothing. She gets put in the figure four, like it's no problem. And I mean, it, it's that type of thing where she just sticking her nose everywhere that Becky goes, just to let Becky know, hey, I'm still here. I haven't gone anywhere. And then that they 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 reveal. That four horsewomen. And she just shows up with a true four horsewomen. Charlotte's the leader. And she shows up with them and they just constantly beating Becky down backstage like, like she's staying. 
So you go, that's this week. And then going into the following week, going into Elimination Chamber, you don't have anything to do but to add her into a match with Becky versus Ronda versus Charlotte. But this time, Charlotte goes full ham. And if you ever heard the song Ham by Kanye and Jay-Z, you know what I mean when I say go full ham. That's right, Charlotte. Let these know who you are. And she walks away from Elimination Chamber with the Raw Women's Championship around her waist. But it doesn't stop there. That Monday, Becky comes out. She drops Becky like a bad habit. Later on in the night, same thing to Ronda. But she shows up on uh, uh, Tuesday on SmackDown. Challenging for the SmackDown title because we've never had an undisputed women's champion where you have a woman that holds both titles. Charlotte will be your first to do it. And that will make her what? Seven to eight time? Well, no, two titles. That will make her a nine-time champion. And then you just pretty much go from there. I hope that wasn't too far-fetched. No, no, not at all. I know Becky Lynch would be mad about the fact that you just interjected her into your into or interjected Charlotte into her match. But what about Oscar though? Well, Oscar, Oscar would have to drop that title. She would drop that title on SmackDown the Tuesday after Elimination Chamber. Okay, she that's when she would drop that title. So you got Charlotte, your first undisputed women's champion. Now that's like who's your first undisputed? Well, let me say undisputed WWE women's champion. Who's your first undisputed WWE men's champion? People's Choice, Don Rodriguez. I mean, (laughs) you had had, had to take the belt off of somebody, right? I got to put it out there, you know, but of course, (laughs) the almighty uh, AEW's own Y2J. And if I'm not mistaken, he came into that match holding no title. Mm-hmm. And defeated Stone Cold in the Rock in the same freaking night with a broken freak. Oh, sorry, wrong person, wrong person. <laughs> but so it's not far fetched, right? But it would piss Becky off even more. It would piss Oscar off, and I think it would kind of sort of soothe uh, uh, Steph. But I kind of sort of want to see Steph do pull a shame and get back in that ring and challenge for the title. Because she's, she, she's one of the former women's champions that hasn't came back to in-ring competition. Yeah. But I would like and, to see her spend like six to eight months secretly really, really training in a performance center. I'm talking like you know, she's she's being trained by um, Natty. She's getting training from, you know, some of the male superstars. 
down there. I mean, really solid program that's being scripted. So that way she could do the transitions and everything and wrestle without a bunch of high spots. You know, she can do a wrestling match against a Becky Lynch. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, I think that would be something unexpected. I mean, she looked great against Ronda, but it just wasn't enough. You know, she was just in and out because Ronda's still riding uh, the MMA train. So that's that's believable. But uh, against a wrestling superstar, I don't see why not. I think that would be something great for her, something great for her daughters to see her go out and actually perform and wrestle in a, in a, in a major match. Cause we know she's strong. That's easy. But to see her actually go out and, and wrestle, wrestle and tell a great story. I agree. That'd be amazing. Just one more time. One more time. I have no problem with that. Well, shoot. You heard it from the man. He just booked Charlotte all the way up to becoming champion. Two times over. I'm quite sure she'll be happy to hear that she's got KG seal of approval to get into the WrestleMania main event. So you can't ask for anything better than that for Miss Charlotte Flair and became leader of the four horse women. But there was one other interesting thing that happened this week. Um, The WWE had to issue a statement to the SEC revolving around the future of the company and what would happen if they lost, for whatever reason, retirement or anything else, the latter, Vince McMahon. And it was interesting to see how they described it, which is rightfully true, that the cornerstone of creative would be gone. They did not mention, well, we got Triple H. We got Steph. We got Shane. They're like, man, this could be some hard party expression, some hard shit if that happened. But we'll figure it out. But it's going to be some hard shit. And it's going to be some hard shit, not just in the WWE, but even though it's a separate entity, XFL, and the network, it'll be a blow hurt around the world to the point to where it would almost be the first time that there would be no aired Raw or SmackDown, even though that wouldn't happen because they would do a tribute show because they have Vince would want them to not break the streak of the longest reigning uh, uh, television broadcast. But that, that was pretty interesting and, and rightfully so true to form that VKM is the cornerstone of the industry pretty much. And his impact would be felt all across the board to which it would be interesting because I think the only person that can replace him is Shane McMahon. No offense to Triple H, but a McMahon has to be at the helm just because that's legacy. Father, son, father, son, father, Shane's got three boys, son. It just has to be that way not slighting the girls at all but that's just the tradition of what's been happening and I know Vince has got a, a contingency plan that his stock automatically rolls over to Shane to give him majority some of it may go to Steph some of it may go to, to Trips but it'll go and Linda uh, but it'll go to Shane to make him majority leader and number one say mm. 
But it's not something we ever want to think about because then now and forever involves robotic Vince McMahon because they've taken his brain out and put it into a computer algorithm. And it just says, you know, should we go ahead and give this person a title? Beep, 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 beep. No chance in hell. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you get out of it. The only other thing it says is, you're fired. Like, dang, I only got two options out of this machine. What the heck? We were better off dealing with real Vince. Robotic Vince only got two Saiyans. <laughs> so, like, yeah, AEW's got everybody on their roster. Why? Because Robotic Vince has fired everybody. Oh, that's our fault, guys. That was an error in the programming. Come ask it again. <laughs> like, can I get my job back? No chance in hell. Like, God damn it. <laughs> We're screwed either way. Hmm. But yeah, that was that was an interesting uh interesting read that came out of nowhere. Well, you know something, and this is I got two things for you. First one is on Vince McMahon. Um during the Royal Rumble pre show with uh the King mm-hmm. and King Buckeye. Jerry Lawler said that Vince McMahon, his cell phone started ringing. He said it was on silent, and it started ringing during the broadcast. He said they were rolling some B-roll, so they weren't on air. And he looked at the phone, and it said Vince McMahon. He said, okay, why is Vince McMahon calling me? He picks up the phone, and Vince says, hey, King, it's Vince. He says, yeah. He said, move your crown from your right to your left. And he he did it. He was like, all right, cool. That's perfect right there. And hung up. And King was like, anybody that think that Vince is not watching these shows, he is watching to the point where he's seen my crown out of place so it didn't put a wedge between him and Booker and didn't take away from Booker and moved it over. That right there mm-hmm. shows you the level of commitment and and just down to the bare bones science of it that Vince McMahon is in tune with. Mm-hmm. First one in, last one to go. And I've heard stories about Vince McMahon, not Mr. McMahon, not uh, 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 the wrestling promoter. I'm talking about Vince the person. I've heard stories from family members of my own how when WWE came to what was known as the MCI Center, the Verizon Center, now Capital One Arena, before shows, pay-per-views, whatever it was, you see Vince walking around, getting everything ready to get to go, and you speak to him. It wasn't like, yeah, how you doing? Kept walking. Vince would stop, shake your hand, ask your name, and you could gush about WWE and what you loved and this and how long you, and he would sit there and have a conversation with you as busy as he was. That's just Vince McMahon, period. And I don't care what anybody says. Vince McMahon is a genius. And, I mean, he's a national treasure that needs to be protected at all costs. So y'all better find a serum to make him live forever. Or a robot that has a third option. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) And... My my third thing that I I, I wanted to ask you about I, I I just knew I had to ask you about this one Miss Joni Lara, aka China, mm-hmm. made a video 
a few months before she passed away about wanting to apologize to WWE. Now, in light of that video, everybody's been campaigning long before her passing, well after her passing, which this April will be three years, about her being the WWE Hall of Fame. Do you think it will happen? If Warrior can get in, yes, it's possible. But the the thing is, and that's the, it's like one foot in, one foot out. I think it's a no-brainer. She should be a first ballot option. But then they're still clinging on to this PG. Because when you bring, and they're all about, you know, the Hall of Fame is about putting butts in the seats. And you're selling out an arena without anybody having to do any work, truthfully. You know, nobody's got to perform. It's just another revenue stream. She would sell out the arena. But when you announce it to the press, it would also be China, the adult star, as well. So for the young girls, they would be getting not the, the China that was groundbreaking, that really outside of Mula and Mae Young and Ivory um, and uh, the women of GLOW. But, you know, in our modern era, she helped pioneer what women could do before Beth Phoenix or anybody else in intergender matches and rumble matches as a manager, et cetera. But it's like it could be overshadowed by her adult career and then that's what some of them would focus on opposed to the China character because China, even though they kind of parlayed it into, you know, one night in China and all that stuff. Um, but China is a character, just like in my opinion, Chris Benoit as a character could go and it will never, ever, ever happen. But he's kind of legacied in through WWE network, but China it's going to be a hard one. It's like Owen Hart, man. You know, it's somebody that should have been in. Yeah. But then, you know, that's Stephanie too. Stephanie's like, uh, no. <laughs> you know, it's Stephanie over that beef, which really, I don't understand how Stephanie has the beef since she won. She's like, you know, I'm taking him, right? Oh, and you're fired. Dang. Like, how are you going to take my man and then fire me? That's crucial right there. That's crucial, but well, I guess Matt Hardy knows how that feels. But uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I would like to see it happen, and I'm trying to stay away from all the rumor mills until they start actually doing the announcements and, and showing it week by week to see. Because I'm really curious as to who the headliner is going to be. She can't be a headliner. We know she's going in posthumously. Um, I guess her parents would accept it and only DX can induct her. So that, yeah. that's, that's Sean and trips. So, you know, she would probably be, if she went in, she'd be the first inductee. You would get it in. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Get it in, get it out, done. And we move on. But I, I so, don't think you can do that with her because of just you the, have to, you have to, cause it's, there's going to be too much buzz about that and that PG thing is yeah. a problem which still doesn't make sense to me because you're catering heavily to the USA Network PG rating but again we've talked about this before 
uh, SVU is not a PG show. Sorry. No. <laughs> Criminal not Intent is not a PG show. Everything else may be, but you show Law & Order a lot. <laughs> so if I'm watching a show about people getting raped, child molestation, and all this, and the worst I have to hear about is somebody that had an adult uh, career, like um yeah uh but it's not involving kids so i think we're nope and it was uh actually some pretty good scenes there but uh you weren't supposed to go there even though i do have the playboy magazine you don't you weren't supposed to go there (laughs) but that's that's legitimate reading it had good articles thanks you well i i i I seen it but i mean i was one too yeah, yes. Sable and Tori Wilson's. Yeah, um, it was some good read. I mean, the articles, man. I, I didn't think. I learned a lot by looking <laughs> at the pictures. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> but I, I can't see her not going. In, but I, I, you can't just. Oh well, we're gonna put the ninth one in the world, China. And okay, there it is. I understand you have to answer those questions, but we're talking. When, when you have to deflect those questions. Well, what about her adult film star status? And Who's Adrian answering the question, though? That's what you got to look at. Vince isn't going to take those hits. No. And if Triple, Triple H, H, H don't right? want to take those hits, because then that's, he's not. that's your girl. Weren't y'all dating? How you feel about this? Well, Stephanie she's, can't she's... take them. Well, I, I don't know. Stephanie could take them, because she could, she could talk her way out of it. But yeah. at the same time, she's doing all... The, the Make-A-Wish and Connor's Cure, you know, all those type of events. So then you go from all that to, yeah, I got to talk about the impact this porn star had. You know, it's like, uh, you know, she she needs to go in. They just have to find a way to put her in unless they put Degeneration X in and China is a part of it. No. And she would just get a ring. But then that would do her disservice. Right. So, they have to do it in a way where they focus on the China character. They, like, they may have to say in the China character and a China character and a China character to the point to where it's brainwashing the media into saying, yeah, they are inducting the ninth wonder of the world, the China character, into the WWE Hall of Fame. That's probably how it would do it. It would have to be something like that, the, the China character. And then it would be Joni... Uh, as a little dot 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 right there, but the China character is going in to separate it. But now, if you put DX in, that means that's uh, Triple H, Billy Gunn, um, X Pop, mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels, mm-hmm. China, Rick Rude. Well, I thought they would go Rick Rude. They wouldn't go that deep into it, probably. I mean, you, you can't. You can't not go know. that deep into it. I know. Rick Rue would go in on his own. That's what I'm saying. He would go in and have his own um, for balling dual roles and DX and NWO. But So he would be on his own level. But uh, I think that would also be the way that X-Pac would get his nod and um, Billy Gunn would get his nod as well. You, you would have to put Mike Tyson in there. Oh, God. He would go into celebrity wing. So he would, he would be on his own as well, which he could be this year. Why not? Since, you know, the baddest woman on the planet. I mean, they've got a, a lot of stretching to do, but I still don't see 
a headliner as of yet. Somebody that can, you know, come in. I mean, uh, Goldberg was a big one. Um, I mean, Sting, big one. But who could they induct outside of The Undertaker at this juncture, you know, that, that would go in? I can't think of anybody unless it's Taker. Yeah. Or Owen Hart, which would give you Bret Hart as inducting and accepting. Which is long overdue. I think Vicky Guerrero needs to go in. Yes. Because uh, Eddie went in, correct? No, yeah. I think so, uh, Paul Heyman needs to go in. Yes. He would be a great headliner. Um, I would love for Taz to go in. Most definitely. I think it's, that's overdue, too. I would love uh, Goldust to go in. Long overdue. Yeah. Um, who else uh, could they bring in? Uh, JBL. Yes. Needs to go in. Michael Cole needs to go in. Most definitely. Um, uh, a lot of folks have been talking about Victoria uh, to go in. Mm-hmm. I can so agree with that. retiring this year. Uh, or Gail Kim would I be can agree another with that. one uh, that could go in. These just people I'm just thinking off the off the dome that could put a good amount of butts in the seats um, and sell out a portion of the arena that they can use for Monday Night Raw that they also use for NXT TakeOver as well. So they're pulling double well, triple duty on that same venue. Um, I, I could see Dean Malenko, Perry Satter. Yeah. I love Raven. Uh, that if yeah. Warrior could go in. Johnny Polo can get in. <laughs> Hands down, should get in. Um, Throw Ray Mysterio in there. I know it's going to be even crazier, even though current times, but just to stick it to AEW, Chris Jericho could be a <laughs> headliner. Why but, not? You know what? Jeez. <sighs> We always talk about separating the character from the person that, you know, I've had this conversation with my wife quite a few times about separating the character of Chris Benoit from the act that ended three lives. Yeah. And we, we can talk about Chris Benoit until we blew in the face of how great of a technical wrestler he was. Um, just everything. And I always hold out that hope that, you know, it, it'll be, it may be 50 years from now, but I always hold out that hope that something else actually happened in that house and he didn't do it. Always, but it all points to him. And that's not me being a fan. That's just what everybody says that, you know, that just don't sound right. But that's a totally different show for another time. And maybe one day we'll have to break out the the, <laughs> the detective kit and dive deep into that. Yeah. 
That's the first 4,048 yeah. <laughs> on that one, but uh, I don't I see, Yeah, that was, uh, that was just rough. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of people that we'll, we'll be discovering over the next couple of weeks that will be getting announced to go into the Hall of Fame and the big key is, like I said, who's, who's going to put butts in this? Who do you want to see give a speech and tell us about their personal experiences and what they went through when they were on the road and, and, and some of those great stories? That's what it's all about, hearing great opportunities and great stories and great perspectives of their career and everything. And then I'd also like to have some great opportunities for some shows to come back as we know WrestleMania seasons when they film all the table for threes, but I would like them to reinstate JBL show because since it is black history month, you need to watch the Booker T episodes of uh, JBL legends and also the Ron Simmons two-part episode of JBL legends, which is Booker T was impactful, but Ron Simmons, man laid down some, life lessons and gems on overcoming adversity mm-hmm. from stem to stern. That was just, man, every kid, black, white, Asian, whatever you are, should watch that to the point to where Ron says at one point, it doesn't matter what your situation is. You can come out on top as long as you put in the work. Cause there's an old saying that success comes before, um, uh, win, only in a dictionary. Mm-hmm. So, matter man. of fact, that was my Facebook status nine years ago yesterday. Oh, wow. Well, there you go. Congratulations. Oh, Friday. I mean, geez. Now, you talk about Table for Three. I, I, I watched a portion of Table for Three with um, Mark Henry, Ron Simmons, and mm. uh, The Godfather. That was a good one, too. And I've been looking for the whole thing and haven't been able to find it. You said it's scrubbed want... down on the network. It's it's there. But they've just shifted some stuff around as they're repositioning their uh, platform. But yeah, man, that, that, that's just some, some great stuff uh, to watch. And then also keep uh, checking us out as uh, I post every day the um, some some icons of sports entertainment uh, from the African-American community. Uh, and we, we've celebrated Jacqueline. We've celebrated crime time. We've uh, celebrated today uh, Bad Bad Leroy Brown, who had a, a great arm wrestling moment with the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Uh, we've done Ernest the Cat Miller and uh, a, a couple others. So Keep checking in on your, your Twitter account, and and if you follow the Sideline Junkies, you'll get to see, or Facebook as well, uh, who we are celebrating. And it's, everybody knows about Booker T. Everybody knows about The Rock. Everybody knows about Mark Henry. Everybody knows about Ron Simmons, who we were just talking about. But there's some folks that you just may not have thought about in, in quite some time. Like, oh, man, I, I totally forgot the impact that Ernest the Cat Miller had. And now he's – I did uh, uh, Norman Smiley as well. Same, same uh, uh, potential there and, and, and great characters in the squared circle that are now agents for WWE or, or just great ambassadors or just had monumentous moments 
and sports entertainment that sometimes it may be forgot about it may be overlooked and like oh, that's right you know we, we were a part of such an epic angle and and opportunities like that so keep your your eyes peeled and you know hopefully you'll you'll get a good little reminder that'll make you want to go and look up some more information about that superstar or superstars men women tag teams and uh you know hopefully you enjoy the journey as we celebrate black history month with the wrestlemaniacs and the sideline junkies indeed 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 and well it's after 12 o'clock so that makes made it to another day but guess we made it to birthday indeed one year ago today february 10th 2018 what was known as Out of Bounds that turned into Sideline Junkies was born. So only way I can close out the WrestleManiacs Saturday Night Podcast, the mothership, is saying to Delonte, Jim, Junie, BJ, Allen, of course, the people's choice, Don Rodriguez, Thank you for this lovely, lovely ride. I, I Starting this out, didn't know what highs that we would hit. And, I mean, they've been climbing the last month and a half. The highs have been the highest of highs. And every time I think we're at the peak, we go a little higher. So I say thank you to all you gentlemen for letting me run alongside with you. And the same goes to you for running alongside with us over there, running the boards and, and, and you know, dialing the segments in and talking to the people in the truck. I mean, obviously, it's Valentine's week coming up, so you have bought them some gifts. That's why they didn't push any buttons today. So kudos on making sure you smoothed up with them. And, man, you know, the sky's the limit. It's only February. So we've got plenty of time. WrestleMania is coming. Uh, hopefully we'll have more guest star opportunities. And I had fun crossing over to uh, the foosball side last week, talking about the Super Bowl. And who knows what may happen as uh, we, we, we book it into year two of the sideline junkies and celebrate a, a second year anniversary next year. Yes, indeed. <laughs> you don't understand how, how, how happy, how grateful, and how blessed I am to have such a, a, a great team and being surrounded. So I, just like I gush about Nia Jax, and I can say how much I love Nia Jax, and I'm not going to get in trouble because she's standing behind me, not Nia Jackson talking about my wife. Oh, I'm about but to say, I, if Nia Jackson was standing right behind you, like, if you don't get off this daggone podcast. <laughs> but I, just the same way I can gush about her and how much I love one Miss Nia Jackson, her spandex, <laughs> her lace. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to get my ass beat when I get off here. <laughs> but I can say the same thing about you, fellas. I just I enjoy, especially... Every week, we get to do the WrestleManiacs presented by the Sideline Junkies for every basketball, hockey, football. And coming up 
this baseball season. I'm going to dive head first into it and get deep into it. And I'm not going to be Yankee biased when I get to, when I talk about baseball, I'll let everybody get equal share. But just to be able to do all of this is just a blessing in itself. And I couldn't, I couldn't think of better gentlemen to run and do this with. And to the ones behind the scenes, the significant others, the kids, all of my thank you. Much love to you all, too. Yep. And to the listeners, as always, for giving us feedback, listening to us talk about what we love. We appreciate you guys, too. And even listening to all this, you know, patting on the back and, and hugging it out and all that stuff. Maybe next week we'll cut promos and beat each other down. Who knows? Um, but I'm just excited, man. Elimination Chamber next Saturday we'll be doing the pick show. So you know how that goes down. You know how that goes down. And then um, we'll be uh, working our way towards uh, one more leg. After that, the fast lane. And then we'll have an NXT takeover to go over. We'll have WrestleMania to talk about. We may even do a, a, a reaction show or rea- yeah, reaction show to the Monday after of WrestleMania, which arguably is the biggest and the loudest and the ruckus crowd of the entire 12 month season and set ourselves up from there towards superstar shakeup and start deciding or thinking about who's going to make it up to the main roster, Velveteen Dream, Bianca Belair, Tommaso Ciampa, Alistair Black, and the list continues because there's some people that need to come up um, or get some more spotlights, some more opportunities like Mia Yim, etc. So, man, tis the season. Indeed, indeed. And this comes the worst part of the WrestleManiacs podcast here presented by Sideline Junkies. And tis the end. Am I see? <laughs> it's like we need something like that, you know. You gotta have a song <laughs> at the end. Yeah. You know. Then just something to, to close wrap it, out. it up. Yeah, you know, it's like, dang it. Uh, I don't know if we can sing WrestleManiacs. They'd be like, God, y'all need to shut up on that one. <laughs> but either way, I look forward to uh letting everybody hear my lovely voice in seven days. You, you know what, Speak. Let's, let, let me tell you this. I, I'm supposed to deliver this message uh, earlier. I was told by my wife that you should be doing voiceover work, possible radio, something, because she listened to how you stole the connection on Sunday and let everybody know about Halftime Heat. And she said, why is he not on radio? He should be on radio, reading commercials, updates, everything. And I agree, because every time you cut a promo, you give. I say I've hit you up several times and said, "Hey, I need a soundbite for X, Y, and Z." You say no problem, and you deliver on time, on cue, and it is perfect. And all I got to do is. Label it, put it in. That's it. 
well, it's, it's the least that the people's choice can do. But hey, sometimes, you know, you catch me at the right time, you get it riled up, and uh, I'll let Mr. Don Rodriguez take over. And what comes out, man, is what comes out. So uh, I appreciate that. Tell the wife, I, I'm happy that y'all have gotten back together and that the marriage is going good, <laughs> even after that slight breakup, uh, which was all your fault, by the way. <laughs> I, I was trying to leave myself open for Naya, but you know, I, right now I got to put Naya on the back burner because I got to go nurse Ember Moon back to health, so she can yeah. get back and 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 get her title shot and be back a part the top of the upper echelon where she belongs. I don't think her husband's gonna be ha- too happy about that, but yeah, you go ahead and uh, make that happen, man. <sighs> you always got to throw the husbands in on it. I got your back. He's a short guy. I got your back. Oh, but Mojo Rowley. No, you're going to take that hit, dog. <laughs> no, you're going to have to take that one. Like, yeah, I see a freight train coming. Officer Friendly told me to step out the way of train, so I'm just going to step over to the left, and that's going to have to go by. But I will help you get back up and take you to the hospital, sir. That's the least I can do. Jeez. The uh, least I can do. Well, at least it'll take me to the hospital. Most people just leave me laying there. Yeah, that's that's what friends are for, man. Dion Woolwick style, I got you. <laughs> I was going to sing, but I'm not even going to do it. I'm not <laughs> going to do it. Yeah, so you, you guys, if you haven't learned by now, we still try to find ways to keep talking so that way we don't have to uh, leave you guys alone for another seven days. We get really sad about this. Indeed, we do. We have to, because otherwise lives will take over and you know somebody's got to sell these crazy people video games in february i don't know and but, well uh, while that's somebody selling crazy people video games i have to uh, make sure these car parts are received incorrectly so that's pretty much what i do from the nine to five mm-hmm and by car parts, he means looking at uh, images of Nia Jax and all of his other 30 crushes. Well, you know, I, on, on top of on, on top of receiving in the mufflers and the the rotors and the, the, the mounts and struts and axles. Yeah, I do sit at my desk sometimes. Yes, I, I have my own desk where I can sit at my desk and pull up an image and like, Miss Nia Jax. Yes, indeed. But you know what my background screen is on my on my uh my computer, my desktop computer at work? Becky Lynch? No. Dang, even, man. Even better. On. Even better. Um Bianca Belair, hopefully. Mm-mm, even better. Even better than that? Yeah. Oh, geez. I'm trying to think. Uh Mickey James? Way better. Way better than Mickey. Oh, you got a straight jacket, don't you? Mm-mm. Even better. Jeez. I don't, I don't know who else is better than Charlotte. Mm-mm. One of the most prettiest logos I've ever seen in my life. It's that sideline junkies logo. Oh, man. How am I supposed to guess that? I'm all on the way to You actually being on, on par that, with that one. <laughs> well, I, it's like. You know, we're going straight. And you know what? I'm going to hang this left right here. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. You caught me with an L on that one. It's like, because I was not thinking the straight and narrow. 
No, I was. I, I wish I could have all those women on my on my desktop, but yeah, management kind of let me bend the rules with the sideline junkies logo, so I, I I can't bend it too far. This week, this week, but uh, <laughs> I know the feeling. But uh, all right, man, it's it's time to tap this thing out and get you prepped and ready for tomorrow. Yeah. And, uh, We'll start surveying what's going to happen this upcoming week and uh, see if there's any news with uh, AEW and any more announcements on XFL side and WWE side and New Japan and all AAA and everybody else that's making uh, moves that uh, position themselves to take advantage of WrestleMania week. Yeah, and I'm hoping that this week is just as exciting as the week to just pass. So that way we got a lot to talk about. We can get into everything and just feel good all the way around the board. Amen to that, my friend. So with that being said, for all the fellas that are on special assignment, Jim, Junie, BJ, uh, Delonte, Allen, all you guys, thank you. Don, the people's choice. My tag team partner. Thank you. And thank you, sir. Thank you for everybody for letting allowing us into your home, your business, your car, wherever. Have a good night. This has been another Sideline Junkies production. Sponsored by Anchor FM. For any questions, comments, or even if you have a show idea, you can always email the fellas, sidelinejunkies247 at gmail.com. Junkies out.